if this is your first time, we just want to say welcome home. And I believe that God has brought you here for a purpose. Um, and before we continue any further, I just want to say thank you very much just for uh, those who shot me a text or Facebook messaged me for all the kind birthday greetings. And, um, you know, congratulations, New Hope Community Church. You now have a pastor that is 40 years old who is really trying hard to be an adult, all right? And, um, you know, uh, my birthday is on 7-Eleven. July 11, 1979, so this is true, all right? Every time it's 7-Eleven, every year you could go to any 7-Eleven and get a free Slurpee on me. Just say, I know John Dangannon, 7-Eleven. No, they really will give you a free Slurpee on 7-Eleven, at 7-Eleven, on 7-Eleven. So, uh, you know, I have joined the distinguished club of 40-year-olds um, along with such notables this year as, we look through that, Chris Pratt, all right, June 21st, 1979, Adam Levine, March 18th, 1979, Kevin Hart, July 6th, 1979, also, next slide, we have John Krasinski, October 20th, and Jason Momoa, August 1st. So this is what we call a subliminal message, that you associate me with these handsome, <laughs> hip, cool, uh, rugged, ruggedly handsome young man. But, uh, you know, 40 is great. Uh, I just feel like, man, it, we're just getting started. And um, so even though it is my birthday uh, this past week, I am the one who will be bearing gifts and giving gifts because it's been too long and someone did compliment me on my new glasses. And so I have a Filipino word of the day for you guys. All right, here it is. The Filipino word of the day is uh, Tabasco. You know, Tabasco, like the hot sauce, right? Like a normal person would say, I prefer, you know, sriracha over Tabasco or Cholula. All right. But a Filipino, how would they use Tabasco in a sentence? The reason why Filipinos are very good singers is because from a young age, we, our mothers would sing to us song, songs like The wheels on Tabasco round and round, Tabasco round and round, round and round, round and round. All right. <laughs> All right. I guarantee you guys this morning, you will never look at Tabasco the same way. All right. You go, it goes round and round, Tabasco. All right. Anyways. Um, are you guys in, enjoying the series on the parables? Yeah. You guys being challenged? You see how your story fits to God's story? And um, so this morning, would you open your Bibles to Matthew or Luke chapter 18 and pull out your notes as we study Jesus' teaching on prayer and the importance of persistent prayer from the parable of the persistent widow. So could we all stand together? Let's all stand as we read God's word. Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected people or man. 
And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while, the judge refused, but afterward he said to himself, Man, though I neither fear God nor respect men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him all day and all night? Will he delay long over to them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we all need to be more fervent in our prayer life. Lord, we all need to be more persistent. We all need, Lord, at all times to always pray and to never lose heart never give up, never be discouraged. And so, Father, um, we know, Lord God, that it only takes your Holy Spirit to change us. Lord, we cannot change our desires. You do that for us. Lord, our hearts are stone of flesh. You had to change our, our, our hearts were hearts of stone, Lord. You had to make into hearts of flesh that is fertile, that is pliable, Lord, for your word. So, Father, I pray that this morning, Lord, the very purpose of you telling this parable, Lord, this story, is that we should pray at all times and that we should not grow discouraged at all times. And so, Father, I pray, O Lord God, for those of us who are giving up, for those of us, Lord God, who kind of surrendered, Lord, over to the fact that maybe our prayers are being answered, I pray, Lord, that we would grow in courage, that you would give strength, that you give motivation, Lord, that you would give resolve and favor, Lord, to seek after your face. And so, God, I pray that you, you would do this for your glory, Lord, so that when you come back, your word says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith here on earth, Lord, that our faith in you will be demonstrated in a fervent prayer life, in a daily prayer life, O oh God, that you would find us, Lord, on our knees, seeking your face, worshiping you. And so, Lord, would you do this for your glory and would you uh, do this for our good? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning, we're going to be focusing on a specific type of prayer called petition or petitionary prayer. Because 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul gives instructions on worship. In verse 1, he says, I urge or I encourage all of you, first of all, first thing is first, that he says that all petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. So we see here in 1 Timothy 2 that there are four 
types of prayers. The first one, which we're going to be talking about, is called petition, which means that we ask God for something. Secondly, it says that prayers, which is this communication to God, relating to God. Third, he says intercession. Intercession simply means that it is something that we plead before God on behalf of others, that we plead to God with your needs or the needs of other people. And fourthly, a type of prayer is that it's a thanksgiving, that there's a prayer life, there's an awesome prayer life if your prayer life consists of thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit, thank you, thank you, thank you, I worship you, thank you so much. And so uh, the parable that Jesus drew here was obviously not between God and the corrupt judge, but between the widow and the petitioner, okay? Meaning that we are to associate and we are to identify ourselves as we read this parable that we are that widow. And that is the posture that you and I need to have. And the parable between the widow and you and me is that here's the connective tissue, okay? First, the widow refused to accept her unjust situation. She kept crying out, grant me justice against my adversaries, grant me justice, okay? That she refused to accept injustice, that she refused to resign over the fact, oh, that's just the way things are and that's the, things, the way things will always be, but she persisted in asking for justice, all right? Just as the Christian should refuse to sign himself or herself to the world in its fallenness. And secondly, Here's a second parallel that despite the discouragement, the widow continued, she persevered, she persisted in her prayer, just like you and I, even though we grow weary, even though we lose heart, we continue to pray. So would you write down the big idea? Here's the main point for this morning. It is this, at all times, we should pray and not lose heart. See, in the English, it's, it's an adverb there. It's like always. We should pray always, right? But in the Greek, this is, this is a preposition, at all times, 24 hours a day. First, First Thessalonians chapter 5 says that we are to pray without ceasing. At all times, we should pray and not lose heart, okay? And the, my t two points for you this morning is this. The first has to do with the nature of prayer, okay? And secondly, we're going to talk about the practice of prayer. And what is the nature of prayer? Would you write down, number one, here's our application point, refuse to resign yourself to the world in its fallenness. Refuse, do not accept to resign yourself and to surrender to the world in its fallenness. What is the nature of prayer in Luke chapter 18? The nature of prayer is this, that prayer is rebellion. That prayer is rebellion against the world and its fallenness. That the widow, she rebelled against unjust systems that were going on. He said, grant me justice, grant me justice, grant me justice. So in other words, when you and I pray, we are rebelling against the status quo. 
we are refusing to accept and to resign and to surrender. Well, that's, that's my husband. He will always be that way. He's always been that way. Oh, that's just my kids. They've never really taken to God. And, you know, they're, they're going to go off into college and they're just going to do their thing. That's just the way it is. And I've been praying, so I kind of give up on them. Oh, they'll always be sick. They'll always be that way. They won't change. And so when you and I pray, we take on this act of rebellion against the things of this world, right? That prayer is a refusal of every agenda, every scheme, every interpretation that is at odds with the norm as is originally established by God. We see intercession or uh, petitionary prayer is an expression of the unbridgeable chasm between what separates good from evil. And evil is not just a variation of good, but it's the antithesis of, of good. Meaning when you and I pray, we come and we, we go before the presence of the Lord and we say, Lord, give me justice. Lord, this is not right. This is how it is, but it doesn't mean that this is how things ought to be and should be, that we are making a connection of what things can be and what things should be, and the way to bridge what can and should is through prayer. The widow refused, like, no, all day and all night, grant me justice against my enemies. Four times in these eight verses, every other verse basically has this word, justice, justice, justice that the righteousness of God would be in her situation. What is the Lord's Prayer? Matthew 6, pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We have to come to terms, and when we come before God, it's like, Lord, your name is, is being hallowed too irregularly at my home, that your name is being hallowed irregularly in the government or in the state or in the city. Lord, your kingdom is coming, oh Lord God, too infrequently. Your kingdom is not coming too frequently in my situation, over, this, over my health, over my family, Lord. Lord, your will is not being done. Romans 12 says that he's good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, this is how things should be, and this is the way things are. And what prayer does is, man, you and I refuse to resign over to the fact that this is... The thing, this is the way things are and will always be. When you and I pray, we pray for the pono, the righteousness of God to be upon a situation, to be upon your marriage, to be upon your health. Have you ever asked yourself, like, man, why is our walk with God sometimes a crawl with God? Why is there such a lack of passion for our Savior who gave his all for us? Why is there a lack of victory over sin in the average Christian person's life? Why is there a lack of power to shake this world for Christ? 
the words of Billy Sunday ring true. He that is a stranger to prayer is a stranger to power. If you are not familiar with prayer, you are not familiar to the power of God in your life. If you have resigned over to the fact of the fallenness of this world, if you resign to the fact of that your children and your grandchildren will just be statistics of those who have fallen away from church, He who is a stranger to prayer is a stranger to power. In your prayer life, there is untapped power. In the consistent, fervent prayer, you guys, of of not accepting the way things are and interceding and praying that this is the way things should be and can be, That is where you draw the power and that is where you and I rebel against the fallenness of this world and the kingdoms of this world. A couple years ago, I got a phone call. Said, "Uh, Pastor John, you need to come over right now. I was like, I I can't. I'm writing a paper. He's like, Pastor, please. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I cannot. Like, I'm writing a paper pastor please my wife and i are gonna go through it right now we're if you don't come right now we're gonna get a divorce i was like bro you want me to undo what you've done in the last 35 years no no you gotta come right now i'm like he goes ah. he goes pastor and this is when robin williams took his own life and hung himself pastor i have a tie i'm ready to tie it and hang it around my neck i'm like i'm on my way right and then i had about a 30 minute 45 minute ride from kulio to town hebrews chapter 5 says that while Jesus was here on earth in his flesh, Jesus offered loud cries and intercessions and God heard him because of his piety. So for 45 minutes, man, man, this is the way things are. They, they come from multiple marriages. They come from broken homes and they eventually want to get divorced. I was like, Lord, just because this is the way things are, this does not mean that this is the way things should be. So I just pray right now, and I just spoke in tongues, and I interceded. Lord, I pray right now just for the softening of hearts. Lord, I pray, God, that this, through their marriage, Lord, that you would break forth, Lord, this history of broken homes. Lord, I pray for wholeness, for oneness, that there would be mutual submission, oh God. Lord, they trust in the riches, oh Lord God, but Lord, I pray that they would trust in you, Heavenly Father. So for 45 minutes, praying, interceding, refusing to accept, well, they're going to get divorced anyways, that'll be marriage number four and five. It's like, no, I refuse to accept that, the fallenness of this world. God said, whom, whom he put together, let no man separate. So, Father, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, remind them of the promises that they made, O oh God, 
on that wedding day on the altar and they're just praying and praying and, and God gave me wisdom and God gave me strength. And after about three hours of talking and praying, they're like, okay, we're not going to get divorced. And they're still married today. That's over five years ago. You see here that the prayer is not something like, mm, right? You can't pray that way, but there's a type of prayer, a petitionary or intercessory prayer where you bridge the gap. Lord, save him. Lord, you come to the Lord. You come to Jesus and you bridge that gap and you make them, Lord, through your prayer, that you pray that person into the kingdom of God. And you persist in this day in and day out. See, the problem is, I think the problem is not so much our practice. I think the problem is that we don't understand the nature of intercession. That it is rebellion against the kingdoms of this world. It is fighting for, contending for the, His name to be hallowed, His kingdom to come, His will to be done. Let me ask you a question. Have you lost that sense of righteous anger at the enemy who came to steal, kill, and destroy? Have you lost that sense of the indignant, like, fervor? Lord, not on my watch. Lord, I brought my kids to church. I brought them to children's ark. Lord, they've been raised. We, we weren't perfect, but we, we gave our best. We set the most example that we could. And so, Father, I pray, O oh Lord God, your word says, train up a child that he's, the way that he should go when he's old, he will not depart from it. So, Father, I pray, O oh God, that you would save my children, that they would stay close to you. Lord, I refuse to accept, Lord. I'm not going to resign over to the fact that my kids will be statistics that they will fall away in college. Lord, I pray that they would come to know you, God. Give their lives, Lord. You know, when I pray, it's like, Jesus, I pray that my kids, that they, Lord, you would call them into ministry, that there's no greater joy than to know you and to love you and to serve your people and to love your people. And so, Lord, uh, the Bible says in Psalms that your children are like arrows in a warrior's hand, and you have the ability to direct through your prayer life their destiny, and their future. All you grandparents in here, this is your opportunity to rebel against the kingdoms of this world and contend for the kingdom of God. Refuse to resign to the fallenness of this world. If you look at the life of Jesus, you see here he had options to either accept the agendas or the schemes of this world or to welcome the kingdom of God or the Father's agenda. Look at, in, look at the life of Jesus. When he had great decisions in his life, Luke chapter 6, verse 12, in these days he went out to the mountain to pray and all night he continued in prayer to God. When Jesus chose the disciples, it was only... Because of prayer, it's only, it's only possible explanation of his choice that these ragtag bunch of non-entities, these boastful, ignorant, uncomprehending as they were, was that Jesus prayed for them before he chose them. 
Jesus, not only in great decisions on this life, but when he was pressed beyond measure, meaning when the day was unusually busy with many competing claims upon his energy and his attention, Matthew 14, 23, afterwards, he dismissed the crowds. He went up to the mountains by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. That things are going to pull you. Things will be enticed to you. The kingdom of this world is pulling and tugging at your heart. It is through prayer that you receive and welcome the agenda and the scheme of God. Not only that, but in turning points and crises, Jesus prayed. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens opened up that before Jesus was baptized, he spent time in prayer. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. Now about eight days after these things, he took with him Peter and John and James, and he went up to the mountain and to pray. Before there was the transfiguration was this prayer life. Before the cross, Jesus agonized in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And lastly, we look here, Jesus, he prayed under unusual temptation. We all know this. This is Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, Matthew 26, verse 42 to 44. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. You guys see it? He even wanted his will. Lord, if this is possible. And again, he came around for the third time, for the eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. As the hour of evil descended, the contrast between what the way Jesus met it and the way the disciples met it is explained by only the fact of his persevered prayer. Jesus persevered in prayer. That's why he was able to obey and walk in the kingdom and the disciples slept. That's why they stayed away and denied. And secondly, we'll go ahead and close with this point. Not only do we resist but we also persist in prayer despite discouragement. Now it's interesting because the literal, uh, the literal translation of this is do not lose heart. It talks about in Galatians that we are to um, don't grow weary in doing good. Do not lose heart because in due season there's a harvest. But the NIV, they translate this do not lose heart as do not give up. Like, do not give up. And I think that's a good way because you and I could be discouraged, but we do not give up. We could lose our strength and we could be down, but we still do not give up. Look at Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Once you understand the nature of prayer, that you contend for the kingdom of God, that you don't resign, that you don't give up, then that should enable us to persist 
in prayer. You know, D.L. Moody says, I'd rather be able to pray than to be a great teacher. Jesus Christ never taught his disciples how to preach, but only how to pray. And so this morning, this parable of persistent prayer, we're going to have uh, one of our just uh, beloved sisters, my literal auntie, uh, um, this is Renee's literal aunt, not the uh, local auntie, but she's aunt, um, aunt Cynthia, and she'll be sharing her testimony and how God turned things around through prayer. So would you welcome Aunt Cynthia? I, I love this parable because it talks about the widow. And even though I'm not a widow, um, I was a single parent. And I think that widows are, and single parents are desperate people. And desperate because we're, we need God so desperately. Anyway, so, but I want to thank the Lord today because of his goodness towards me and my kids. And um, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family, and I made a lot of mistakes, but the Lord used it all to show me my emptiness. And he used that to bring me to him, which was when I was 19. And then I started going to a church, and I met a man and married him. We fell in love. And, um, and anyways, we were both working in the youth department together. He wanted to be a youth pastor, and then he um, fell from the Lord. He became unfaithful, and we tried to work it out. And that was, pretty, that was pretty much in the beginning of our marriage, but near the end, 10 years later. I mean, we worked it out. We tried working that a long time. <laughs> but he eventually left, and, um, and I was alone with our four daughters, and my life took a turn at that point, obviously. My, my prayer, every night when my kids would go to bed, I would pray for them, Lord, cause my children to follow you all the days of their lives. Every night I would pray that, and God was so faithful to me because um, I just felt like if they would walk with the Lord, that God would line things up in their lives that he would give them desires of their heart, that he would direct their paths, that he would tell them what they're going to do with their lives, how they're going to um, be in society. Or, you know, I didn't need to worry about how are they going to make money? How are they going to find love? How, that the Lord was going to do all that for them, that the, the Lord would be faithful. So if I could en encourage them and guide them and pray for them to know the Lord, and to walk faithfully with God, that that would, um, that the Lord would be their all in all. And the Lord is so good because um, he did all that. And um, so as I prayed with the Lord, um, the Lord partnered with me. And I would pray with my kids, direct them, be a spiritual leader, bring them to church, talk to them about God's love. And, their, and care for them, pray with them about issues in their lives. It was a daily walking out. It was crying out to him and praying. And sometimes I would get a place in my life where I felt trapped and there didn't seem to be any answers and there wasn't a clear path or understanding. And I would get so frustrated and my mind would be darkened. I would feel dejected, alone, and uncared for. And I would scream and yell. And then I would pray and fast. 
I would seek the Lord till my heart hurt, my eyes were swollen, dry through. I'm a pretty emotional girl. <laughs> and I would just groan out to the Lord from the depths of me when no one sees me and, and um, only God sees and only God knows those places. And then after crying out to the Lord, he would quiet me and he would comfort me and he would give me his peace. And he still does today. Sorry, I didn't, I wasn't going to cry at all. This was not a crying thing. <laughs> Anyways, he's just so faithful to me because he always meets me and he always gives me, it might not always be what I want, but he gives me what he wants to give me. And he's always so good and he's always so faithful. Anyways, and my children, I have four beautiful daughters. Right now they're 36, 34, 32, and 30. They're all two years apart. It's easy for me to remember. <laughs> Anyways, my oldest daughter, she is a pastor. And um, she's not like a senior pastor, but she's been, um, she's a pastor. And she um, works, she actually works in the um, school district with um, kids that were, are pretty broken. And um, my, my other daughter is a worship leader. I have one that works with youth, and I have one. I mean, they're all serving the Lord, all love God, and it's such, I'm so proud of them. And um, they also have all traveled um, on missions trips, which is kind of incredible to me because that's kind of one of my hearts is missions trips so that they would carry it on, you know. Um, they go, they've, had, uh, they've gone to Estonia, Thailand, Mexico, Uganda, Dominican Republic, New York, and Arizona, which sounds not, <laughs> it was our neighbor, but they went, so. <laughs> Anyways, I just pray that my life would reflect the one who called me, and as I pour out my life for him as a drink offering. And he is so good, and he's so faithful, and he answers the persistent prayers of our life. So the question is this morning, are you praying like you should? How, how's your prayer life doing? Where are you at in your persistence? Are you persevering in your prayer? You know, in Colossians, it says that, that Paul, speaking of Epaphras, he says, Epaphras, man, he agonizomai in prayer. Agony. That there is a wrestle, there's a grappling in prayer. There's this undying refusal to submit to the fallenness of this world, to the kingdom of this age, but instead to contend for, to rebel against, but to contend for the kingdom of God. This morning, how many of you are losing heart? You're kind of giving up. You're kind of sick and tired of being sick and tired. The Bible says, hey, don't grow weary in doing good. We do season, there will be a harvest. So could we all stand together?
as all heads are bowed and eyes closed, this is your opportunity to renew your prayer life. This is your opportunity to partake in the kingdom of God, in advancing His kingdom. This is your opportunity, maybe for some of you, to cross over from death into life. The thing is that there is an enemy of your soul, his name is Satan, who accuses all day and all night, who has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus has come to give life and life to the full. That Jesus has an abundant life prepared and purposed for you. All you have to do is come and receive. So if you're here this morning and if you want to give your life to the Lord, and if this is your first time, and you want to respond, would you right now, as all heads are bowed and eyes are closed, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me, John. I want to receive the Lord. I want to ex experience everlasting life. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Anybody else? Would you all pray this with me together? Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for being serious about your love that you gave your son, Jesus the Christ. Over 2,000 years ago, he came to live a perfect life that I could never live. He came to die for a death that I deserved. And he was resurrected so that I could have eternal life and victory. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Amen. And Lord, I just pray right now, God, for everyone else, Lord, that this would be a time, God, that you would invigorate, Lord, our prayer life. Lord, forgive us for losing heart. Forgive us, Lord God, for giving up. Forgiving us, forgive us, O oh Lord God, for just the lukewarmness, Lord, by which we pray unto you, of just resigning and surrendering over to the fallenness of this world. But Lord, I just pray that today we would make a decision. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my children, we're going to pursue and seek and love the Lord, God, with heart, mind, soul, and strength. So, Lord, I pray right now, I pray for a, a supernatural infilling of your Holy Spirit. I pray, oh God, just for a fresh anointing, a fresh touch, Lord, upon your people, Lord, as they seek your face, oh God, that you would reveal yourself to them. Lord, I pray that there would be a re-energization uh, re of their faith, oh God, that you would strengthen them. Give them grace upon grace, Lord, to pursue you, to love you, Lord, that we should always pray and not lose heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen.